Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. This is the Sophie Rao Show, if you're wondering where you've arrived. Uh, today, I've got someone um, who's really, really interesting for many reasons. Well, as you know, I don't really do the entire bio, but I'm going to try getting as much as she's done because it's a lot of interesting work from being a former investment banker to an author to the founder of an organization called Kahania and a whole lot more. She's just a very interesting person all over. So Deblina Majumdar, welcome to the show and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sandeep. Thanks a lot for inviting me. And my I think pleasure. Audience, yeah. <laughs> I think it's long overdue. I think we spoke at the beginning uh, or sometime mid last year. You, uh, you know, I think Life Gone Wrong was just taking off and uh, you, you really helped me with, um, you know, some ideas and nothing really sort of materialized, but it was a really good chat. So I figured this is the best sort of platform to have you on. And man, what a cool uh, set of things you're doing. I think I, I read somewhere that you love data and you love stories and you found a way to marry both those in what you do. So first things first, like how is it going and uh, how is your work front with Kahania and the, the things you're doing with corporates now with um, things coming back on track after the lockdown, so-called ending right now. So how's work for you at this point in time? Yeah, so I think it's good going a little back in time. Uh, it's true as a kid, uh, you know, I was like the rare kid who loved both uh, numbers and words. So I yeah. wanted to be an archaeologist and I wanted to be a mathematician. And <laughs> I felt I could do both. Yeah. And I kind of didn't do either, but I also found a way to uh, find my balance. And storytelling actually was like that balance or that raft, which helps me bridge both the worlds. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I think um, I chose... A world of numbers because that came easy to me so for a long time i worked in the area of uh, finding stories through numbers so investment mm -hmm. banking investment management venture capital that's mm -hmm. what i did for the longest time mm -hmm. but i always loved music so i love singing i love uh, writing and right. those were like my weekend uh, you know pastimes and wow. with kahania i think it was a way for me and my co-founder to bridge uh, mm -hmm. both the worlds so, you know, this whole idea of weekend kind of hobbies or weekend yeah. thing, that's all changed right now. You can do whatever you want on whichever day, right? And Correct. that's quite Correct. a beautiful uh, liberation from the Monday to Friday work week. But I, but I want to understand this thing of investment banking, right? Right now, India is so-called the hot market where everyone wants to put money in. And everywhere, at least where I listen, there is this talk of billions and millions and VC-funded startups. And But of course, you've been out of it for, I'm not sure exactly how long, but you know, with a, with, with, with a model, like say with my limited economics and my limited knowledge of these things, but you might be in a better position to answer this. When we look at say a capitalistic consumer model like America and the way they are consuming and the, 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 the idea of capitalism working there, and you scale that up with just the size and the sheer numbers we have in our country and which is what the Amazons and the Flipkarts want eventually, right? And even you look at, uh, in fact, someone the other day said a very interesting thing. He said, dude, when you speak English and you do a podcast in English, you're catering to the 100 million Indians. What I'm going for is the 1.6 people who belong to Bharat. And I was like, whoa, okay, that put things in perspective because, yeah, fair enough, the languages that divide us and yet make us Indian. But as an investment, like when, if we scale up to that kind of consumer pattern, I mean, of course, the money is going to follow the, the, the level of wealth. But as an investment banker, but now moving into this path, how do you kind of, balance greed versus profit versus the sustainability of such a large nation you know correct i think this has partly been my journey i was in investment banking venture capital investment management and then i made my journey into social impact and last few yeah. years 
I've been working in that area. So yeah. the way I look at it is, you know, it's not that capitalism is bad. Um, of course not. You, know, you yeah. need to obviously have a market mentality to make certain things work. Yeah. But you know, the way I think is, you know, you need all three elements. You need you need the markets. You need uh, you know governments, and you also need uh, what is called samaj, right? Citizenship and uh, yeah. citizen facing uh, solutions. All yeah. these three have to work together for there to be real impact. And there are places where the markets are very efficient, where mm -hmm. markets are solving for things. And that should happen, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are places where government needs to step in. For example, citizen services, right? Mm -hmm. uh, citizen services, uh, you know, for example, how you pay your uh, taxes online or, you know, how yeah. you kind of probably uh, are able to, uh, you know, uh, if there is a grievance, you're able to complain about that, right? Uh, yeah. So these things government has to take care, right? And on the or other in some hand, countries, how you have uh, countries covering their uh, health services, right? Health, like NHS exactly. or Sweden exactly. covering that. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Right. So governments have to kind of, uh, do that and then there are areas where citizens you know mm -hmm. um, can actually play a role and that is what i think is very layered in india given yeah. what you mentioned the multicultural and the multi you know kind of level uh, societies we have though 50 yeah. percent of india lives in urban india uh, there are so many indias and yeah. you know every uh, you know you know for a lot of companies even there is a lot of investment coming in there is no universal definition of india so each of yeah. them are they are you know each of them are catering to one version of india Right. Yeah, um, yeah. If you look at the large ed techs, for example, who they are catering to, uh, if you look at, you know, some of the largest e-commerce companies who be, they've been catering to. Mm. And the increasingly the emerging story is of solving for Bharat, as you mentioned, which, me yeah. which means, you know, reaching the those postal codes, it means using the local languages. So a lot which more I think of is great. Which I think is great, great, which explores the vastness of our country, right? Correct. But Correct. I'm just going to, sorry for interrupting. The reason I mentioned this is because at the same time when you have to give people an opportunity, because once people know, okay, you know what? I now know what my options are. I will choose what to do with that. That being the person in the farthest reaches of India, when you give education and you give an opportunity and you give as a result various other avenues for them to explore. But sometimes I feel, and this is of course not a blanket statement, is while there are a lot of opportunities and when there's playing to Bharat and getting these 1.6 billion people on the map of consuming and also exposure to the world out there. But I feel there are a lot of people who are exploiting it as opposed to exploring yeah. the possibility. Because yeah. I think instead of setting a new trend, it's like, okay, America did this, Europe did this, let's do the same thing in India. Like I'm talking about, especially in my line of work, being entertainment, instead of breaking and sort of pushing the envelope, saying let's create the strength of what these people can offer with the diversity of language, perspective, uh, perspective and also such diverse, rich stories. And this is where your storytelling passion comes in. When you hear... You don't need to write stories for Indians. You just get 10 random Indians from random places and different backgrounds in one room. You're going to come up with some of the richest stories. But as opposed to giving that a shot, what people are doing is let's fit this in the template of what we knew when we worked at MTV or what we knew when we worked at Star News, you know, as opposed to using these OTT platforms to say, let's go wild with it and see what happens. We're just doing the same model that Europe does or America does saying, okay, the influencers, okay, get them onto the platform and we have the same model repeating itself. You know, do you, do you sense that in some way? I think it's still there probably because of who are the decision makers, right? Mm, yeah. um, so for any decisions to be taken, you need that body or the, you know, the group of people to be that diverse, right? Yeah, so, and, or that, uh, that risk-taking because I think we have averse to this. Yeah, I want to yeah. talk about that next. Yeah. So, you know, for example, in social impact, you know, when we look at um, impact-driven organizations, we talk about this, right? The community yeah. voice. The most authentic voice and the most authentic wisdom is in the community. You're not going to come and solve it from outside. You know, we yeah. don't know from an ivory tower what's happening, you know, somewhere yeah. in a small village. And 
that wisdom lies in the community so the mm. more and more important thing is to get that wisdom a voice give that wisdom yeah. as well in a empower voice empower the grassroots exactly. actions yeah yeah absolutely which could happen through you know storytelling and do, yeah. there is you know some amount of work happening you know uh, in that you know get giving people uh, a voice across wherever they are doesn't matter where they are because digital is one way of empowerment mm-hmm. technology is another way of empowerment for example what we see today with upi you know with the digital payments this yeah. wasn't the case you know um, some decades earlier so lot more people have gone online and with that lot more opportunities have opened up in their mm-hmm. choice in their language etc at mm-hmm. the same time i think as you rightly mentioned unless you know these are done with the right intentions yeah. you can go wrong in the sense that it could be exploited as a market to sell rather than yeah. it, rather than actually find a way to bring in that voice to do something yeah. more original and to do something more relevant and truly that, unique to a country right because the, i mean my notion of globalization is that you have a set number of countries but what correct. you don't uh, have is a set number of interactions so correct. as a result a person sitting in india like you writing a story in the language that you are comfortable whether it's your whether it's english whether it's another regional language but you write that and you i mean we have the uh, we have the power right now of different translations we have direct like instantaneous translations interpretation correct. so you can literally your story can read someone sitting in siberia right now that's correct. the power of globalization but what i have a sense of uh, regret sometimes when i hear is it's the same indians the same five indians catering to the same 500 million indians you know what i mean i mean i'm obviously generalizing yeah. and and i'm making it very sort of generic but it's not obviously that simple but like you know the beauty of something like this is to of course you know each to each his own or to each individual their own preference but when you have so much um, to offer from each individual uh, the idea of globalization is to bring this to the common platform which is the world as okay. opposed to saying there is a spotify india there is a an audible america there is a you know amazon europe you know they're making it more and this kind of plays into what's happening with politics and you look at it is where you make people into pockets where they're easier to manage you know what i mean where you kind of as you said explore exploit them when i mean exploit is it, it's almost like keep them uh, greedy enough but yet keep them well informed enough so that only what we want them to know they know kind of thing correct. you know correct so, correct correct So I think you know, for me, it's about you know the frame with which you look at it, right? So yeah. if you look at it like you know, only you know best, and mm. you can solve the problem which someone else is feeling, yeah. then this tendency comes. You know, replicate something which comes from somewhere else. That's a easy, maybe tried and tested model, but yeah. a, you know, a, a more unproven, but probably much more uh, you know organic and maybe much more uh, beautiful uh, model is yeah. to take what is there and then give it you know help. with technology and you know with voice and choice etc yeah. right no i love that, that idea you know that empowering yeah. the local of uh, the the wisdom the community Correct. wisdom right that sounds so Correct. perfect because instead of me or you going to a sort of say a rural area with our own learning or ex- so called expertise from our courses or from our academia and we're like no no what we've learned is that when you take this model apply to this village in this level of sustainability but there may be 10 other people there who are doing it ground up So yeah, it makes so much more. So much more. Now I'll give you yeah. a practical example. So I've been doing a lot of work in education. Mm-hmm. So I remember for one of our, you know, we were researching for an open schooling platform, which yeah. uh, you know, uh, we had built for kids who are not able to finish their schooling through normal channels. So, so open, open schooling. source schooling platform being a platform where anyone can come and sign up in uh, in a particular curriculum and get a certification. Is that what it is? Yeah. So India has open schooling system called NIOS, National Open Schooling. Right, okay. and a lot okay. of people, um, you know, who are not able to finish their 
schooling through a normal school, you know, mm-hmm. affiliated to CBSE, ICC, state boards, etc., yeah. we can still get the benefit of their 10th and 12th by okay. you know NIOS. So we basically you know created a system where we simplified NIOS again using storytelling and mm-hmm. different languages so that mm-hmm. people could get this benefit, right? Mm-hmm. Now we were doing research for this to understand what do people do. One is there is drop off, which happens you know at every stage in education, grade 10, grade 12. And a lot of it, unfortunately, still for girls, you know, they face higher drop-offs. Mm-hmm. And then it happens again when you think of, uh, you know, going to college and then to work, right? So these are yeah. different drop-off points. So we were talking to a group of girls uh, from a very small town to understand their choices. You know, is it that they are limiting themselves about what they want to do? Or is it, you know, they have certain dreams, but they don't get the chance. And this could right. be one chance. And we were so surprised. So these group of girls, very articulate. Right. So they were speaking in their own language is very articulate. And what they said is we were trying to think of what kind of careers, you know, what they do they aspire for. And, you know, you won't believe it. It's not the standard careers we think of. So mm. one girl says she wants to be a YouTuber, right. Or mm. Instagrammer. She actually mm. said, I want to be an Instagrammer. So, right. and so imagine the power of uh, somebody sitting in a small, uh, you know, uh, probably not that uh, well, tech, well connected village or town, yeah, but yeah. technology has still reached them. And they also have ambitions, which are seemingly we think only urban kids urban, can have. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, in and, fact, you know what's uh, just on that point, what's in fact yeah. crazy about India is the YouTubers aren't, at least from my knowledge, at least what's going viral uh, on a consistent basis is, of course, number one regional being yes. Hindi and the other myriad languages. And it's also the people from smaller towns. Correct, In fact, the correct. smaller ones, uh, the smaller towns, or the small ones from smaller towns explode that much quicker because correct. they have this sense. And, you know, I don't know what it is. Um, since you mentioned this, I just sort of thought of this point. You know what happens is if you're in a city, right, like you and I are city sort of born and bred people. And if we kind like if you and I go make fun of a YouTuber from I mean, if, if not like say, for instance, we do a mock review, right? They have these reaction videos. And if you do it, if you're doing it of a Bollywood thing, it's fine. But if you do it of someone else, there's this thing that you can't punch down. You know what I mean? And for all fairness, of course, I think you can't unnecessarily punch down. But I think it should be democratic where you punch up or punch down. But what tends to happen is there's this place where Indians uh, from the smaller towns want to mock the urban Indians. You know what I mean? Which I think is all great and fun. I'm not here to be critical of what they do. But I think as a sense of it, because of our sheer numbers, even if you're a small person, say from Ranchi, and you go viral saying this is for all people from Ranchi, you're still hitting about a 40, 50 million you know, people. It's crazy with our numbers. But, yeah. you know, do, do you sense um, the, the reason I brought this up of, you know, like a reversal, reversal of urban versus rural India is to this point of when you say, we do it through storytelling, right? Um, do you think, okay, before that, I'd mention another point. Let's just finish that. Is, do you think as, as someone who's been in the social impact space, also in the investment space, and now in this place where all of it comes together in some shape, how, what is your opinion about Indians and sticking their neck out or taking risks when it comes to outlandish or even not even that outlandish, even something against the grain? Is it in us or can we make even a statement like that? I think it's so I think we can't make a generalization. It's uh, in some people, um, you know, whether they are Indians, whether they are from a different nationality, I think some of us definitely have this grain of sticking our neck out and uh, doing Mm. something more. I think it comes from a place of uh, where do you get your uh, satisfaction, right? Is it from that uh, monthly salary? Is Mm. it from doing something and feeling good about it? Mm. Um, And is it from learning? 
mm-hmm. what gives you that satisfaction right so for me for example i had a very uh, you know happy and so called satisfying job but i wasn't learning and i wasn't you know kind of getting growing. that uh, yeah. yeah i wasn't growing right so i took a very risky and i think my parents probably they are professors so they probably thought i've gone mad like midlife yeah. midlife crisis yeah. <laughs> but you know uh, but yeah i think so and i'm just one example and i did it in my own small way but there yeah. are people who face much tougher circumstances but who yeah. are able to stick their neck out so i think yeah. it goes back to very individual kind of uh, choices about what gives yeah. them that motivation and you know what give, what gives them the ability to stick through because it's not easy whenever you choose yeah. to go off the beaten path uh you know no we shouldn't romanticize it because it's not easy um, and it's know, not it's easy a, along with also we have this thing which is the collective indian approval yes, right correct. where whether it's the, the units whether it's the smaller family or the larger family correct. or it's the community correct. of that where they kind of like oh you know which is all great in hindsight when the person does well like a you know now right. we look back going wow amazing that you know but like like right. we we celebrate directors or you know like movie uh, storytellers especially i'm, I'm going to stick right. to storytellers because yes. that's the yes. one where it's a lot of failure and a lot of people right. like i told him not to do that you know and i'll give you an example my grandfather's elder brother is this kannada poet was this kannada poet shivram kadant right and he was of course he's lauded and still to till date a lot of his work is being made into movies and of course now a lot of people hold him in high esteem but I I don't know what it was for him growing up uh, or sort of being in uh, a place near Mangalore called Kota in in that time what the sort of you know thing on him was what how do people look at him because yeah these things are always great when you when you're a best seller or when you get an award or you know but we don't really support people that much i mean you know i think for me and maybe in your case our families my family's been great about it and also you know i didn't let go of like a, a mm. job that paid me a million dollars a year it was like you know i didn't really have much going so i could make this transition into comedy and podcasting but you know someone like you having a job in an investment bank or an, as an investment banker it's a lot more of a risk to drop it all you know so it's quite cool what you're doing and yeah but i think uh, you know just to your point sandeep yeah so yeah i think uh, people um uh, try to box you in and the people mm. you know try to um you know kind of give you wisdom the you know yeah. standard wisdom of you know following a particular path and reaching a particular place but you know the way i look at it is in life so in school like a lot of it comes from educational uh, conditioning right so mm-hmm. in school for example we are told to follow a lot of schools right they're told to follow certain rules and you kind of Uh, mold yourself in that fashion but yeah. i feel in life and this has been my learning i think in life you only reach somewhere and you only kind of uh, find through answers when you stand out right when you are when you are able to question the choices yeah. Yeah. and when you're just not following the flow from a storytelling parlance i think of it as just three levels right of yeah. interconnected stories first we are all finding our stories yeah some of us find it very easy that yeah. god gifted and you know we kind of are very easily we find our path some of us take more time and that's completely fine each of us yeah. you know have our own time to find it and uh, what makes us each unique right yeah yeah exactly yeah. then we tell our stories i think that's yeah. also something we do all the time all of us mm-hmm. are telling our stories but you know for some people there's a disconnect between the story they tell and the story they find right and mm. that's where we have to go deeper and say you know i think all of us have gone through that journey and therefore we made certain shifts or choices Yeah. um some people probably are not able to do that because which is really sad some people do yeah. it they have the guts to no matter what take that choice which is very yeah. very hard as you mentioned um and i think that's and, where the word authentic is so important right because when your story so uh, when what you're living and the story you yeah. know at that point in time is what you're telling that is the biggest sort of 
kind of sort of a sense of this is who I am, as Sorry. opposed to uh, this facade you build for yourself, hiding behind this. Especially with the digital world, this ability to create this virtual character who's not really you, Correct. the disconnect Correct. is so much more easier to rely on. So Correct. the third thing you were going to say, you said one is finding a story, second is telling your story, and the third thing third is living the story, which is what yeah. comes back to authenticity, right? So finally, right. even after we have made that hard choice, which yeah. we think is imperative for us, it's yeah. not going to be easy, right? We are yeah. still going to have moments of abject failure. So for example, yeah. I've chosen entrepreneurship and writing, both of which are filled with risk and failure. <laughs> it's it's right? a lot so of anxiety in those both those anxiety, lines. Yeah, right? yeah. So yeah. it is not going to be smooth. So accepting yeah. that and still finding moments of small happiness, I know, you know, yeah. sticking with it, right? No matter, uh, you know, no matter what. Absolutely. You know, three years back, if you told me this, I would have been like, no, but there has to be a big win as an artist, yeah. as an author. There has to be that one thing, you know, the Pulitzer, it has to be something, right, which drives you. Correct. But I've realized, you know, the same person that's me now, the story, and I'm just going to add one more point before I make yeah. this, is when you said finding your story, telling your story and living your story. I think there's maybe a fourth or a, maybe a one before the first one, right, is at times unlearning your story. Correct. Because Correct. sometimes Correct. there's a narrative which has been sort of drilled into you or maybe kind of coerced or maybe gently kind of you know massaged into you through social yeah, conditioning yeah. yeah and what happens sometimes you just live it unconsciously you're like yeah why am i like this no you don't you're just like you know what i have to uh, wake up i have to go to school then i have to graduate i have to go to college then i have to get an mba i have to get a job i have to get married i have to have kids i have to find an apartment then i have to retire and not obviously this is a very general story but yeah. i know and what I find sometimes it's unlearning and stripping away all these things that have been layered onto you. You know, sometimes people mean the best, but it comes with their perception, right, of what Got you it. should be. And I find that un the stripping away, which I, I told you three years back to now, is what's happened in some way. Because you say, Got you it. know what, I, I would do 90 things because I'm expected to do it. You know, whether it's meeting people, whether it's speaking in a certain way, whether it's pandering to how they want you to live. And maybe 10% is what you really want to do. But if you flip that on its head and say 90% to 95% is what, even if it's two activities, even if it's an entrepreneur and it's a storyteller, or in my case, if I'm just doing yoga, not because I want to stand on my head, but because yeah. I'm excited about waking up in the morning, something as simple as that, it really just, you know, that's where living your story comes into play. You know, Got you it. could um, be a person who's got the most exciting life on paper. They wake up, they, they, they you know, they have a hundred meetings, they're jet setting across the world, they're eating the most amazing food there. And, and they post everything on Instagram. And you're just like, my God, how fucking amazing is this guy. But next thing you know, the person is just a shell because none of that is filtering to into the living the story. But then you need someone else who's just doing something as, you know, I, I don't know why I'm picking this example, but something like organic farming. They seem to be very happy. I don't know whether it's in the manure or it's in the soil, but they're just one activity, but they're living that through and through, you know, and it's so beautiful that more and more people like you and more and more people are doing this thing, whether it's not about filling their slate with 100 things, but it's two, three things that they really want to do. Correct. And I think being able to give it everything, um, yeah. you know, for example, writing, I don't think I'm the best writer. I think I just am very dedicated. And for mm. me, it's like, you know, I think somebody famous long time back said this, that writing is an art in which you'll never find perfection. Yeah. So I believe that, you know, you keep trying and, uh, and there's always I a think, better way to write. And I think there's a beauty in that imperfection that makes yeah, it, see if right. we all wrote in the perfect way with the perfect diction, with the perfect grammar, with the perfect style, with, you know, if, I don't know what the books on writing are, but like, you know, I, I read the book by, uh, what's, what's the guy's name? Um, um, gosh, these names are not not Stephen Hawking. The 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 this not. Gosh, I don't know. Why I'm forgetting his name. Um, Stephen King. 
yeah, the book Stephen on writing, King. right? Yeah. So the thing, you know, for me, I, I'll tell you why I mentioned this because I'm not a writer in, um, in, in by example, I'm very bad because I get bored in the sense once I write something, it's out of my head. I hate going back and editing it. You know, I just Correct. can't revisit it. Which is ninety percent yeah. of writing is editing. Which yeah. is ninety percent of the work. So my, I'm thinking, my God, does that make me a bad writer? And as you said, no. But with today's technology, with today's access to people who like doing things, there's some people, in fact, you'd be surprised who like editing, who yeah, like who, love, you know, who are brilliant editors yeah. and brilliant at it. You know, they love yeah. that organizational sort of perspective they can put on it. Going, you know what? I like making logic out of this person's creation, yeah. and. That's beautiful. If two people can find each other like that, and with Correct. the internet, with with uh, social media, that's where the power is. Correct. Correct. I'm like, you know, why should I even write nowadays? I don't need to physically sit and type. I can just narrate this, send it to yeah. someone, or feed it through a software, and that's the beauty of it. So, Correct. when uh, the reason I sort of I, I, I talk a lot, I'm sorry, uh, but no, but that's you, uh, good. I think that's one form of expression, right? So I look at all of these, whether it's writing or music or art or you know uh, comedy. Yeah. These are all forms of expression. Yeah. So you know we are as long as we are being authentic and true to ourselves and uh, we are having fun. I think having yeah. fun is also too, um, really important. And yeah, maybe some yeah. people are finding value from it. That's great. You know, I mean, some I do this podcast because I just love talking. And, and I told my wife this: it's not about what Deblina's done. It's yeah. about what brought her to make her do what she's doing. You Correct. know what I mean? There's there's so much that goes into making you an individual, yeah, right? Correct. And Correct. also. Not just individual. This it makes you into this person, which is a larger connected to the community you live in. Correct. And correct. if I only talk about, say, your, you know, your book, or I already talk about your thing, which of course we'll talk about, but I want to talk about what you know shaped you into this person that wants to do these things, which I correct. think is so important for everyone to understand because you might not connect on one level with the person, but there are yeah. hundred other things about Some you level. which will connect with hundred other one one aspect of people, you know. And correct. correct. You know, this thing of being unconventional in what you're doing, I think is a very cool thing because, uh, I, you know, I think by not being the best writer, by not being the perfect writer, I think what happens as a result is you find your best expression through that imperfection. Mm. Like it becomes a style. And I think that is so important as a, as a writer. Uh, we, we've, I think, I think I'm sure you've read a lot of different authors from different genres, different. Yeah, uh, I read groups. like crazy. Yeah. yeah. So you probably have seen this, right? The authors you like the most are these authors who have these certain quirks, which you might also call imperfections, which are, you know, like some people now will say, you know, Charles, <clears throat> Charles Dickens sentences were the craziest, longest sentences, but that's what made him Charles Dickens amongst the yeah. other things. But I mean, some people like simpler styles, some people like this and everyone, there's a reader for everyone, I, I believe. And I in fact, spoke to this girl, lady who's an author for children's books. And she said the same thing. She's like, you know, you can't just say one way is the best way. But um, what I want to ask you, um, sorry if I'm jumping the gun, but when you say with your education company, which you started, I forget the name, I'm sorry. Um, or even Chabi. With, with, sorry? Chabi. Chabi. Okay. And with this organization you have now, you, you use the word through storytelling a lot. So can you, um, in both ex in both cases, give me an example of how you use storytelling to drive home the social impact in the first Correct. case or in the second case? Correct. So let me talk about uh, Chabi first. Mm -hmm. uh, so here, what we did is uh, we were looking at this, um, the group of people, which is a pretty large group of people who are not able to finish schooling through traditional methods. Yeah. So they may be homeschooling or they may be completely out of school. They may be adults. Who didn't get to finish school or they may be studying okay. in even alternative schools etc it's a pretty diverse group of people so the open schooling information is already available it's already there but it's not accessible very easily a because it was in english a lot of it and b because you know the books uh, are 
often very difficult to complete they are a lot of people are not used to reading so much especially mm-hmm. when you're reading alone and you don't have uh, you know teacher or family support so mm-hmm. storytelling as a principle to simplify things is something i really believe in so yeah. what we did is we chose the different subjects which we could offer because nis gives you the flexibility of choosing any five subjects to study and you know to clear the exam in so every subject we created a multiverse of characters okay so there were 8 to 10 characters we created and a lot of this was influenced by the communities we visited and you know the local stories which we heard from them so there's a grandmother who loves technology there's an uncle mm-hmm. who loves traveling who's an economist uh, there is a young boy uh, who is very entrepreneurial and who is very good at sports and who yeah. you know wants to become an entrepreneur there's this girl who is really good in studies and who, who wants to become a banker so we right. came up with these cast of characters and every subject has one of these characters as the main character and uh, okay. what we do is you know through that subject while you're learning the subject at different points of time we introduce very small moment of time a slice of life kind of moment from that character and then uh-huh. the other characters also appear in that but right. uh, you know what happens is subconsciously or you know unconsciously uh, you are learning the subject of course but you're also getting hooked onto a character's journey which is what the storytelling does right you're also believing right. in that character and the character's journey and the narrative and through that you're going you're deeper you're vouching for his or her success and, and you're, you're going kind of, deeper yeah. yeah and you're going deeper into the subject for example in entrepreneurship we actually ask about these choices entrepreneurs have to make right how much mm-hmm. risk can the person take uh, is a person actually someone who will be able to uh, be comfortable figuring out all different aspects of marketing and you know uh, developing a business finding yeah. a team all of that right yeah uh, yeah yeah Uh, so you know certain so and those are choices you have to make if you are really choosing to be an entrepreneur similarly in economics right so we ask questions around ethics and economics right mm-hmm. so so it 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 gives you a chance through the vision of a story without you know being too pedantic about it to yeah. you know ask questions which the characters will face so that's mm-hmm. one example in mm-hmm. the case of chabi on that's the other really side cool though you know because um sorry i'm just i'm just thinking yeah. about this approach because what tends to happen is you know sometimes i just sit back and i'm like man we 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 we'd love to think of the fact that we are open minded and we understand the plight of indians but man it's such a big country right uh, i'm just saying the the vastness of and the diversity in in people so when you're doing this like you know it tends to happen to people usually would have a salman khan who's a hero yeah. or a sharukh or a tendulkar or a, or you know some will say okay a bezos or a musk or a uh, abdul kalam or whatever maybe but creating these local heroes these 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 people that are so similar to the person who is vouching for them who's backing them saying i'm learning through you so do something good is so empowering it must be amazing to um you know find out what it's it's probably how are the results like from doing something like this yeah so i think we have started off uh, you know kind of the product itself because some time to build because we did everything on our own yeah, uh, yeah. writing these stories developing all the content so right now it's just gone live and we are finding students you know students are uh, reaching out to us and you know they're finding the content interesting it'll Excellent. take us a year more to realize you know how they are able to use it to actually clear their exams i think that yeah. that is still a year away but yeah. um, we already see good signs in terms of people finding the content itself engaging and not giving yeah. up we don't want people to give up because they find it hard because education yeah. in my view should not be hard it should not it be, be elitist sure. it should not be difficult it should not be overwhelming So, I think but, you yeah, know, for anyone, you know, yeah, I think for all yeah. of us, we we elites. All these different things are such barriers. Um, even when like history was taught, like about the Mughals, you're like, oh, you don't. I mean, or your 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 civics was taught about the. You're like, oh God, it's just tedious. I would have loved to learn like this. And in fact, 
uh, when I when I read, say, you know, like whether it's fantasy fiction or whether I read like historical fiction, and I read about, say, the Battle of Malta, I'm I'm, I'm in fact learning, and I'm like in like, fact learning more learn. than I ever learned than being taught by a teacher, you know. Correct. So Correct. it's amazing that you're, you're you're mentioning this. And sorry, if I I, I was just thinking of no, how no, to no, that's how, that's why. And I think what you said that is an insight we actually got from the communities we visited. You know that we asked them who do you look up to, who's your role model. Yeah. And we were very surprised that they actually mentioned people from the community. They didn't yeah. mention the most famous people, right? Because the most famous people, they might, they are very far removed from the daily lives. Yeah. It's actually people from within the community who influence them, which is why we kind of rooted the stories in mm. characters, you know, they would have seen and who look like them, talk like them. Um, yeah. And similarly, you know, right now I'm actually writing, uh, I'm in the process of writing that book. I think another big gap I see in education is the amount of time and, uh, you know, the amount of... Uh, amount of importance we give to financial literacy for mm -hmm. kids who are in schools, right? So we yeah. teach people a lot of other languages and, you know, we teach people mathematics, etc. But finally, you mm -hmm. have to, the biggest, uh, you know, thing in life, you know, why a lot of people are stuck to jobs, they may not enjoy, they cannot take the risks to do really what they, for their living yeah. the story moments, right? It's because yeah. of financial pressures, right? So financial... I mean, at the end of the day, it's very romantic to say money is not important, but it is. Money is, uh, huh? So my yeah. biggest, and probably because I come from a finance background, I know money is important and, you know, I yeah. could make certain choices because I was used to saving and, you know, I, I knew that this much of, um, you know, kind of uh, cushion will help me when I make yeah. some, you know, decisions like this. So yeah. financial literacy, I think is important. So the other thing yeah. I'm doing now, I'm actually writing a book again, introducing kids, uh, you know, early teens to financial literacy, but using storytelling. So basically, oh, nice. you know, I'm using, uh, using stories that they like could be, you know, Avengers, you know, could be right. Harry uh, Potter. Yeah. Harry Potter, and then asking questions around, you know, certain moments in the movies, which are actually financial, if you think about it, right? And yeah, so, yeah, 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 absolutely. Like, you know, Iron Man, right? So when Iron Man gave up the weapons business, how yeah. did he finance the, you know, different, uh, very expensive suits of the <laughs> I Avengers, got a horrible right? joke that he became a dhobi. <laughs> <laughs> Iron Man, so sorry. There are, I think there are many financial moments, there are many economic moments, and there are yeah. a lot of uh, very deep truths in kids, so-called kids and teenagers movies. Hunger Games, for example, it's yeah. uh, really interesting. So, so yeah, I'm did, using Do you like that book? Did you like reading it? Hunger Games? Yeah. So at one, so it's a, it's a book, I think, which had both reactions from me. One is uh -huh. I did like the journey of the characters and the metaphor, which, uh, you know, the author used so that, mm. you know, there could be a dystopian world like this where you yeah. fight to live and, you know, hunger is your biggest yeah. kind of... Uh, so because there's another game. one which is out now, apparently on Netflix called Squid Games, which is similar, right? Seen. So apparently the, the premise is that it's a show where people who are in the sort of the, 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 the depths of their social um, downfall, whether it's people who haven't paid back debts or whether someone who's going through a horrible legal uh, sort of suit or someone who's going through a horrible um, breakup. So what they do is they give them a chance. It's usually more financially motivated to play kids games. And the winner gets billions or millions of rupees or dollars, whatever the currency is. But the person who loses is killed. So, yeah. so this apparently has gone viral across the thing. I mean, I want to talk to you about that later. But I'm saying yeah. these um, things are crazy, right? Like when you use these stories, like uh, the reason I mentioned Hunger Games is because the first book, which is, of course, the Hunger Games is great um, in the sense that, you know, you, you hear how this girl is fending for her sister and her mother. I haven't watched the movie. I'm just talking about the book. And yeah. just this sort of thing, how she's... Uh, you know, able to sort of break um, the rules for enforced by the big, the, the man, as they call it, right, in America, the right. man or the institution. The to capital. go to this, uh, 
the ca- yeah the capital and how she goes and hunts and learns how to fend for herself and then she and and and, and as you said the metaphor is much more larger but also how she steps in and saves her sister then you have that guy peter who's helping her and then you go to like book number 4 and then it's kind of i don't know just i'm thinking from a very story point of view i, I think i think that's called uh, what's the fourth one? i think it's hunger games catching uh, something catching Ca- fire or mocking jay i think that's the, the third one i think there's a fourth one after that isn't there okay i have not read i have read three yeah, the third uh, one is beautiful. I mean, they're all great books. And I think it's very, like, you know, when the the, the cornucopia, the descriptions are mind-blowing. And yeah. I really enjoyed it for that. And I, I like that in a story when it has three, four things which are not glaring you in the face, you know? Correct, 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 correct. So, yeah, but I think, you know, stories are like that, right? So, they yeah. can reach you at multiple levels. So, somebody yeah. might just look at it as, you know, Katniss' journey of, uh, you know, redemption or whatever, yeah, you know, yeah. or finding her story. Somebody else might look at, you know, what is the government doing? right at uh, the government yeah. of that time doing and yeah. uh, somebody else might look at it from a completely economic point of view how yeah. do people uh, you know kind of make money in a society like this so so there are and so also many if you levels look at it, it's the most it's the most uh, it's, it's it's a personification of the caste system right Correct. each district Correct. is a different caste like exactly. one is specifically only mining others are only one growing is fishing. fishing exactly right. so it's it's and does it work because someone's like, you know, the ca- and, and this is something I had a conversation with someone. I said the caste system is completely misinterpreted, right? Because it's not about having castes within society. It's about having a caste, a different caste within yourself. Correct. Where you are able to clean your crap. You're able to also uh, have a business sense, which you said. The financial Correct. literacy or an idea of not being a fool and being scammed. And the other one is Correct. you have to fight for your rights and your beliefs. Correct. And the final thing is you have to have a sense of spirituality, which is a connection with God. So these are Correct. the four or five castes that are set up. But everyone said, you know what? Like as you mentioned, there are people who use this to benefit society and mankind. And there'll be people who exploit it, which is what happened, sadly. You know? Correct. Exactly. So, but, you know, so the... And and there are many stories like that, right? So yeah. the the best thing about them is they are not uh, they are not uh, yes and no stories. They're not like you know everything yeah. is good or everything is bad. There are yeah. many less. So what I'm doing in this book is introducing kids to financial literacy yeah. using again storytelling as a medium. So that's a second example. Right. The third is like you mentioned, kahania, right? A social yeah. impact and storytelling. So I feel you know, and this is something I discovered while I started working in so- social impact. My mm. feeling was social impact. Because you're solving such wicked problems of hunger, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. poverty is one of the biggest wicked problems, then yeah. jobs, right, then education, healthcare, etc, mm-hmm. urban transformation. So automatically, I felt, you know, your goal is so beautiful that it's easy yeah. to tell your story. And storytelling is, uh, you know, something which you would automatically do. So you do and funders mm-hmm. and founders both realize it. But the stories are so difficult, right? Because yeah. these problems are not solved with just service delivery. You are so yeah. many other people, you know, who are like almost like it's almost like you pass the baton to so many people to actually yeah. have the problem solved. A simple thing like, a, you know, like a, a sewerage cleaning system mm-hmm. has so many people in the, uh, you know, if something goes wrong, how to actually yeah. change that has so many people in that story. Right. So, yeah. um, and, and you so know, I think, think we also have this set. And do you think I'm, I'm just adding this in because you mentioned the yeah. sewage and uh, that I, I also feel we have this thing. I think maybe it's born out of the way we have looked at humans with uh, whether it's complexion color etc do you think there's a deficit of respecting job like you know something like a carpenter or a plumber in say switzerland is paid quite well and they can do uh, they can survive on it in fact survive well and they're respected you know one carpenter comes they they take pride in their job and they do it well but here 
uh, and this is a result. Like say for you know, say you get Stardust guy to come and fix your dish at home. There are five guys wandering in. One guy's doing the actual work, and the other four are just sort of fame by association. You know what I mean? So, do you think like through your stories, that's something important to empower? Uh, and to give a sense of respect and dignity to all jobs. Because someone who's cleaning the sewage is putting his life or her life, and I think in more cases than not, it's, it's men doing this. Where you hear these stories where because of the buildup of gases that's exploded, the manhole covers. It is, I mean, let's be honest, I don't think you and I, even if you want to, can do it. It's, it's terrifying going into yeah. these depths, bowels of our cities without protection and putting yourself at, you know, I don't know what is living down there, right? And, but we still pay them what? We pay, pay them pay them less than minimum wage. We we look at them as they are like feces, you know? But do you think through stories, when you do this, you're actually able to change the perception? Obviously, one is to give them a better sense of uh, livelihood, a better um, protection when they do this work, and also recognize as someone who's essential to our society, right? Correct, correct, correct. I think definitely, I think that's where I feel, you know, a lot of my work has been, uh, mm -hmm. in storytelling and social impact, it's this intersection, knowing that every such problem has yeah. a multi-layered solution. So there is a livelihood angle, a dignified yeah. livelihood angle. Uh, yeah. There is a technology angle, right? So some of these, why can't technology be used to automate some of these things, you know, where yeah, why it's can't really we... difficult yeah, yeah, for people to actually, you know, do this. And it is happening, you know, smart washrooms, for example, some yeah. of those things are coming up right now. Uh, yeah. Then there's a third layer, which is, you know, for people who are excluded from technology, how do you almost have a, you know, citizen, uh, a citizen facing layer, right? Like, for example, yeah. senior citizens, many yeah. of them may not be comfortable using technology. So how do you have, you know, group mm -hmm. of people who can help them get yeah. used to this technology? There's a, there's a training and a enablement. I think layer. that was amazing during the lockdown. A lot of these Correct. volunteers who came together Correct. and help people who are living alone, especially geriatric, uh, the population, Correct. where Correct. they couldn't dunzo stuff, they couldn't swiggy Correct. stuff. So these guys would go drop it, which I think is mind-blowingly considerate, Correct. right? Correct. So I think that's why I mentioned, you know, these three aspects of government service and, uh, yeah. you know, citizen, as well as uh, markets, all three have to work for some of these problems to really find a solution. And they are these are multi-decade, if not multi-generational problems. It will take Absolutely. many years. Yeah. And I mean, you just I... ask someone who's in their 60s right now, my dad's age, maybe 70s, you say, you know what, you you were used to life in a certain way, right? That you could drive to work, to the factory, you would wake up any mo every morning, you would eat this, and this is what your parents ate and their parents ate. But you tell them, like, you know, I, I like, like someone who's probably got age-related macular degeneration or has got arthritis, has got, you know, borderline Parkinson. Tell them, use a cane. My God, they are so stubborn. I'm saying being stubborn is across the board, right, for various issues. And it's generational. People are like, no, I'm fine. And next thing you know, it's some, they fall and they have thing and then we don't have geriatric care. I'm saying this is obviously not connected to social impact, but it's it. these are the same sort of themes across different stories, you know? Correct, correct. No, true. And I think what you brought in is one more layer which yeah. is the behavioral science layer. You know, that yeah, yeah. sometimes you have the best solutions yeah. to problems, which are very logical, which are very practical, yeah. but change doesn't happen. And this yeah. is some more, one more thing I've seen in social impact. Change doesn't happen because of the uh, way we behave as humans, yeah. right? And yeah. you think we are rational, but many times we're not. For example, you yeah. know, one of my friends who works in behavioral science, and I'll introduce mm -hmm. him to you, he's a really uh, learned guy. So Amazing. he yeah. me, Spoke to me about this, right? Imagine there's a gym. I forgot to tell you, that's a prerequisite for the podcast. You have to introduce another guest to me. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I do that. So imagine there's an escalator. There's a gym at the top and there's an escalator and a staircase leading up to yeah. the gym, yeah. right? So if that's an image we can think of and it's safe to go to the gym, imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So which one would you take to go to the gym, right? So a lot of people would say, I'll take the staircase because anyway, I'm going up to the gym to exercise. So it's a warm up, but, yeah. 
so it's a warm up but many other people would say i'll take the escalator because yeah. i'm going to the gym so yeah. anyway i will get exercise let me now you know save some calorie or uh, save yeah. some time yeah 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 and that is classic you know uh, human behavior right mm. you can't predict that you know because an intervention is planned in a particular way yeah. humans will behave in exactly the same way you know right? a very strange thing you mentioned this escalator thing have you noticed like in a mall where you have staircases or even at an airport right and the escalators usually are right next to the staircases so now when the escalator stops working people still take the escalator yeah correct have you correct. <laughs> it's like you, you know right about... now while i'm walking up it will become fine so yeah, you know that you know that's that, hope that... and i think indians thrive on hope that someday yeah, something <laughs> yeah but i think that's that that's the reason why a lot of times you know a seemingly um, very a very uh, practical social uh, yeah. you know solution uh, for yeah. a problem which is you know really wicked Uh, may not yeah. work that easily. You have to think yeah. of all these angles again. Where storytelling comes in front and center. Absolutely. I'm going to tell you a story on that escalator front. Sorry, because this yeah. is hilarious. You need to hear this. Uh, going up in this mall in Bombay, there's a comedy store was there. It was called the Palladium Mall, right? And yeah. going I up to the first floor. Yeah, it's the Phoenix like, Mills. It's one of a really yeah, nice yeah. place, and I had to go for the show. So going up the escalator. Oh, uh, sorry. I uh, I don't know what it was. I I think I was walking up the stairs. Escalator was not working, and these people were walking next to me. The escalator started working. Guess what they did. <laughs> Just take a while, kids. Jump they, up. They they walk back down and got on the escalator. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What?" I, I I thought maybe I should do it. And, and for a second, the Indianness in me was like, "Dude, everyone's doing it. I should do it." <laughs> yeah, no, but I think uh, the the thing is, you know, we see this so many times, right? That you yeah. know, we don't behave in exactly the way we think we should be behaving, right? I mean, saw yeah. it. We saw it with vaccines, not just in India, globally, right? I mean, yeah. We saw it with vaccine hesitancy. We see it with so many things, right? Uh, that uh, behavior is not always what is predicted, which is why yeah. some of these social challenges have to have one more layer of, you know, behavioral Absolutely. science nudges. I think that's in- the most important when it comes to application, yes. because of course you can have the policies, you can have the uh, initi- initiatives, you can have the funding, you can have the tech, you can have even the the army of people executing the tech. But if you, if a person's going to say no, I want this the way, like you know, when people when the volcano erupts, people are like, no, no, I'm just going to live here. My parents right. lived here, their parents lived here. This is the farmland. They're like, dude, the lava is coming at you. Like, and but like, no, what do you do, right? Yeah, correct, correct. So I think that's where I think. Know, how, uh, yeah, how, how do corporates uh, approach this, um, Deblina? Because you you do this the same thing uh, with teams with um, with corporate uh, make makeovers if you if lack of a better word. So how do they receive? Because of course there are corporates are also made of individuals, of course right. represented by a larger entity. But how are they open to these new ideas, these new stories, changing the narrative, unlearning ways? Correct. So I think there are various levels of uh, you know first. similar thing corporates go to right or foundations go through they have yeah. to themselves again do the same thing find their story tell their story and live their story yeah. in a very similar way as an individual has to do right so a lot of mm-hmm. times it's about are they really it's like imagine cinderella story cinderella wanted happiness or happy happily ever after but yeah. what the godmother <clears> gave <throat> her was the magic wand right or you know that basically the shoes yeah she didn't take her to the ball cinderella had to do the steps herself right yeah. so i think that is a very small point um, and deal with the consequences you know, of breaking the rules consequences yeah. of your actions right yeah. so how far are is your story or is your solution taking someone and what mm. else do they need to do to find the outcome which they need the two may not be same right mm. so what we do is you know a lot of my work is either helping people understand this for themselves which is through workshops and through you know uh, kind of discussions like this Mm-hmm. and the other side is actually helping them 
and like you said earlier unlearn some of the things which they were doing earlier and then yeah. recraft uh, some of these uh, some of these things and it also is execution right so actually yeah. work on programs because i love you know working with data to yeah. bring in data from the ground you know to maybe bring in impact systems right. uh, to find out who else need to be involved so it's not about just uh, a single person saying i will do this whole thing it doesn't happen mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that in you know some of the problems so it's about you know uh, rebuilding that story and also figuring out who do you need to rebuild that story so that means finding yeah. partners that means you know getting the right data all of those aspects uh, you know putting that in place yeah. at a programmatic level right so it yeah. may not be that the entire organization has everything figured out yeah, at the yeah. same time maybe the also you know for an organization to work right yeah i feel um and correct me if you've experienced differently but when you hear all these things online of course online is where i go to because that's where a lot of stuff is fed to people yeah, um, they yeah. have these things that you can be anything you can be a hero you can be a millionaire you know get get quick rich schemes all these things right so now a corporate or a company to succeed has to have multiple people working together for the greater good if you want to call it or for the company's um, pro- profitability or for the company's growth now if everyone wants to become the ceo there's going to be a lot of tension you know what i mean correct, so correct. when this mindset is being fed to people when they go home or they're online and they're reading facebook or they're reading all these youtube motivational videos of like how elon musk got rich whatever and next thing they're saying no you have to work with other people because remember you're not important the company and the team is important the team and the company is important how do you how do you deal with conflicting things or are they even conflicting in the first place they are they are often you know yeah. so uh so that that's why multiple levels i see this playing out this finding mm. living and telling the story yeah. this plays out at multiple levels you know so i might be today uh you know thinking of being say the ceo of company x right and company yeah. x already has a ceo and company x is doing very well yeah, and i'm sundar pujay of course i'm sure every indian kid wants to be the next sundar pujay right yeah With, i'm uh, a small cog in the wheel today right yeah. but i think the thing is you know uh what am i really doing to really become that ceo if i want to right so yeah. it goes back to a few things i think which are very important one is what um, i think michael uh, sorry uh, malcolm gladwell talks about right 10000 yeah. hours so we okay. need to put in lot of time in that's an outlier right yeah yeah outliers right yeah. so we the time which we put in in building our skills or in you know really building expertise yeah, uh, yeah. second is uh, which has to be really in depth right otherwise you know of there's course. no point in even dreaming uh if we don't put in the time to actually skill ourselves for the dream yeah absolutely so, yeah and i mean it's not a joke 10000 hours is is 10 years i think it says 4 hours yeah. for 10 years something like that right yeah yeah it is it's not a joke and i think people who do it consistently i have seen them get the mm-hmm. benefits of that that's one second yeah. is you know often you can't do it alone so the network right mm-hmm. so it's like um, you know um there's a book for example which calls it positive deviance right? right so you find you find a network of people who are almost pulling you up because they're all doing inspirational things mm-hmm. and you are also doing inspirational things and you pull each other up right yeah. so being part of a circle like that so the, your your world is not just you and uh, what the society is uh, owing you but it's yeah. about you contributing also to society and you know pulling people yeah. up right i feel that and sense of entitlement sometimes is a big yes. roadblock yes. that yes. you know um, i can only become big at the expense of putting others down that's not right. and that's uh, that's not been been sold you know and it yeah. it, it sadly is not for the betterment and i'm telling you from a personal experience in stand up 
is I at the end of 2019, beginning of 2020, the mindset and the thought process that was driving me was not making people laugh and having a good time and, you know, sharing in the joy of laughter. I mean, however romantic or silly that sounds, but was why aren't I getting the claim I need, the claim I need? Why am I not getting the Netflix deals? Why am I not getting the big management representation? And then I took a step back and that's when I told you, right? Three years back versus now. Correct. I took a step back going, first of all, you don't deserve shit, right? No one's told you there's no game plan that said that by the time you're 40 and that's when people resort to astrology, right? By the time I'm 40, Correct. things will change, which is the completely wrong way of looking at it. As opposed to saying, you need to put certain things, unlearn certain things, change your practices, change certain things, uh, do something diligently. That's when you see the change as opposed to that. Correct. I'm I'm going to sit back and wait for my destiny to take over which is great in stories and it's a great storytelling tool but i'm sure you know as well when you mentioned destiny harry potter's destiny was to be killed by voldemort but then you realize that it was in his own hands kind of thing right Correct. but Correct. It, it, Correct. it's such a weird kind of place you reach when the motivations are reinforced by the entitlement that money is the only motivation and entitlement that you would deserve it, but you're not getting it because someone, whether it's in America now, the white man or in India, it's the upper caste or the politics, someone is blocking your path. That's what, and as what, as a result, what happens as opposed to looking within, and as you said, the story that you change inside, finding your story, telling your story, living your story, you start pointing and saying that story is not right for me. As to, in a sense, someone else's story is coming the way of my story. Correct, correct. And I think the minute you think of it as a story, yeah, it actually unlocks a lot of this uh, confusion which we build for ourselves in our own yeah. minds. So I think there are many ways to do it. Spirituality does it, right? Yeah, Mindfulness absolutely. practices do it. A lot and of I motivational. Think just one thing is looking at your story for what it is, because yeah, what tends exactly. to happen is we are look sold all these stories, and we try to fit our lives into, into those somebody stories. Somebody else. Yeah. yeah. So we're like, no, no, you know, instead of and, and instead of making your own story, as you said, finding your story with all its inadequacies and its positiveness, for telling your story in the imperf with imperfections that you have and the perfection or the things that make you, you truly unique. And finally, right. living that story, which only you can live because that's the opportunity you call that's life that truth. you've been gifted. Yeah, that's your truth. Right? Yeah. Instead yeah, of that, you want to say, how can I be Elon Musk without doing the work and the obsession and the love he has for rockets or for space or for colonization of Mars? Because that guy yeah. truly is exceptional in his dedication to what he does, whether it's Elon and Musk. He, yeah. yeah. And he said this, right? I think, uh, I think I read it somewhere. I don't know if he said this or somebody else said this about him, but he said, people think I, I'm lucky, but I've been working 16 hours a day on, yeah. you know, things around tech for all my life. So yeah. he's put it's, in it's his not uh, easy. time. Yeah. Obviously he's brilliant, but there are I many mean, brilliant people. But people only think, look at the money. They look at the, the fact yeah. that he's worth 200 billion. No one looks at the fact that Okay, they look at, oh, yeah, but how is he as a person who's divorced? I'm like, wh wh why are we looking? <laughs> it's, it's like, even when Tiger Woods crashed a car, yeah, he's uh, he's addicted to drugs. I'm like, dude, see, celebrate Tiger Woods for the great golfer that he is. But yeah. the thing is also, we this is the one unidimensional aspect to a human, right? You Got can't it. just take one thing and celebrate. You have to look at the entire person for what they are and take them at that. Okay, he's great at golf, but he also may have issues because he spent so many hours in the golf course, might not Got have it. the best, you know, intimacy sort of, sort of plan, right? But Got no, we're, we're so critical when the person does something wrong, but we're Got so it. in awe of them until that thing uh, hits the fan, you know? I agree. I agree. If you give me the permission, I'll just recite a small poem, which I wrote. Please do. Uh, that would be lovely. I Thank you for of, sharing it I on kind, the podcast. I kind of think it encapsulates this, you know, what we are talking about. Mm -hmm. So I called it the bookmark's tale. So it called the bookmark's bookmark, bookmark okay. tale. Okay. So it goes like this. Was it page 479 that I fell from? I can't find it. My page, my book, I search. The story I was part of 
has now moved on without me restless waves pull me i toss restless waves pull me i toss drenched stripped of my old identity no need to belong nothing to prove i live that's that, it that it's is just a small poem no that but, is uh, i think beautiful because of this idea that even a bookmark um you know had the sense of belonging and right. a sense of expectation that i'm going to be a part of the story but taken away and the closure saying you know what i'm 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 not what i was but i'm totally fine with it <laughs> and it's okay and, i can yeah. i can have a new life and you live so in I... fact when you let go yeah. of all these stories that and you know so many times and it's this is for most people i'm going to take a bold step and say it that they they're living stories that are told by someone else or mm. now it's by youtube or by um anyone and i tell you personally as well and i mentioned this a few times on the podcast so if people are listening right now like do it again here he goes <laughs> can <laughs> can the guest talk i'm like no i'm going to say it again <laughs> is um when you f- stop focusing on what you can't do in my case you know the disability whatever you want to call it eye condition and as a result i can't play tennis which i could when i was 5 i can't drive which my friends do i can't read a book which my um, you know with someone else you'll find people and you kind of identify each person with a thing that you are inadequate right this friend goes jogging so you start like hating on that person going i oh, that person like and, and it becomes a bit of the ego thing right but Sorry. the moment that goes from you know what I'm not going to focus on what I can't do but I'm going to focus on what I can do and that's with all its things that's and that's what you said that right? that's finding your story now that's the larger story right. within that you have different sub stories right now will it be a story about my life with about my my journey going forward and telling it has different mediums all these things podcasting storytelling or even um, just living your life is a way of telling your story and finally right. that that is the beautiful release of this bookmark which you spoke about is that when you shed all these things that you were terrified you're terrifyingly hiding behind shivering going without this i'm stripped away i have no identity which a lot of indians and a lot of people in the world do behind their designation or their acad- academic that achievements uh, or their resume for that matter you strip that away that's when you truly live and that's where change comes in and that's when you are that just like you know what i'm no longer scared of uncertainty or scared of judgment or scared of failure correct exactly No I think and that's I think some of us have been through this some of us maybe will be going through this some yeah. of us are scared of you know hurtling into this but yeah. it at some point will hit us all of us it, right it, it, about, it has uh, to that's that's that's, that's life us. right yeah. yeah but but I so, think yeah sorry go on no no I think so I think some of the practical considerations so I think uh, like you mentioned you know it should not sound like motivational uh, you know things which we read like you know each one yeah. of us can you know achieve whatever we want to in life because yeah. that can also be very misleading and a little bit too much of uh, you know uh, build up of yeah. uh, you know emotion and you know i- dreams yeah. because people could choose to have a very simple life and be exceedingly happy and Absolutely. you know like you said earlier that is their story and that's what they're living as their story right so yeah, i think you know tim mentioned uh, this comedian australian comedian i think mentioned correct correct, um, correct you know if you have your sight set on one big goal which is yeah. whether making a million dollars or whether it's getting that ceo job or whether it's getting that that funding right. role whatever if your eyes are too if you if you're too if you're too set on that goal far ahead you are not looking around in the periphery right and i think what he meant and what i what what i interpret from that is if you're only waiting like if i'm only waiting for that massive netflix deal number one when i get there that netflix might seem like the most trivial thing which was stupid secondly yeah. i'm not looking at the small small thing that 
that can make life that much more exciting. The small daily things are number one, the encounters, the chance to interact with people, which number one is just more fulfilling. It's a small little thing that makes you smile. It's a small little interaction that makes you go, you know what, it's fun. Maybe it's going out for like a little drive and getting a cup of coffee, whatever it may be, right? Uh, because others will be like, oh, this coffee sucks. It'll only be great when I get Netflix. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, or when I get that deal, I'll be sitting in this place. But most importantly, when you're, when you're not looking at these small things that life throws at you, these small opportunities, interactions, you are avoiding the chance to explore different avenues that open up, which you didn't even know existed, you know? Correct, correct. And which I think, I think two points. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Two points there. One is, as you rightly said, you know, what I also feel is, you might have very big goals, but once yeah. you achieve them, there's a sense of emptiness, which I'm sure mm. all of us have gone through, right? So, for example, for me, you know, having my, having my, being an author was something I never thought I could be. I always, I always uh, thought I'm a person of numbers and, you know, yeah. who am I thinking of? Why should I become an author? Why should yeah. anybody read me? So, when I became published, it was supposedly a huge moment for me, but I felt emptiness after I got yeah. that goal. Similarly, you know, writing for OTT was the next logical step, but once that yeah. happened, I felt emptiness, right? So once you achieve the goal, I think oftentimes you don't really feel that you have, you are nowhere different. You are in the same place, yeah. you're the same person. So you don't you think feel that, that goal is uh, going to make you a better person. It doesn't. Yeah, it in doesn't. Fact, right? it, 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 it needs to be, it's a scratch that needs to be itched up for sure. Correct. But exactly. I think, you know, it's, I'm, I'm glad that you are saying it because you have achieved a lot. And someone hearing yeah, this think, saying, you know what, she's done it. So she's saying it would mean something. Um, because, you know, something as simple as uh, the beauty of, practicing every day okay. and not even like saying, you know, I'm going to pick up an instrument to play at a concert or make a YouTube okay. channel. But you know what? Literally, I, I'm going to play the same pattern. And next Monday, after seven days of doing it, instead of going, you know, slowly, clumsily, I'm playing it fluently. You don't feel empty. You feel like, okay, great. Now what's the next step? You know, it's a small, small a little learning. win. Yeah. It's a little and learning. You remember, right? So for example, yeah. I still... I might have forgotten that moment, but I remember when I thought of my first character for my yeah, book, how absolutely. that thought came to me, I remember. Or, you know, I remember when I helped one uh, organization come up with a really different way of telling their story, the yeah. happiness I felt when they accepted that story, right? So I think those smaller moments are what you remember because somehow I think they are very visceral, right? And yeah. you kind of live through them and therefore the journey is the story, is what and, I feel and it now. Gives you, and it gives you... Um, in fact, it fuels you on. Correct. It, it correct. doesn't and sort of, can... yeah, because it's not like, you know, it, it almost feels like the big goal afterwards, you're almost like my tank is empty, you know? Correct, correct. Let correct. me fill it up with another goal. Correct, exactly, exactly. But, and I think um, living from goal to goal is also pretty, uh, pretty hard, right? And it's on tiring, that note, you know? It is because tiring. Because that goal might not come through. And next thing you're like, oh my God, I put all this fuel into this tank and nothing's correct. come through. I, correct, I mean, correct. you know, it's it's important to drive home this message because I think even something as simple as waking up half an hour earlier and feeling better about it is is a big win. Correct. You know, exactly. Or maybe it's not. Or maybe, yeah, not not eating overindulging in you know unhealthy sweets for one meal. It's a big. People just say, you know, until you lose eighty kilos, you're not fit. But yeah. for someone who's trying to lose weight or trying to avoid sweets, not doing one thing is better than losing eighty kilos. I think. Correct. You know. Correct. I think. On that note, I mean, I read a lot of Japanese books. There's, there's a book I read recently called The Convenience Store Woman. Convenience, Convenience Store, Store Woman. Okay, woman. Yeah. Okay. It's, by a, uh, it's by an author called Sayaka Murata, in case mm -hmm. I'm pronouncing it correctly. But it speaks to this point which you raised right now. You know, this is lady who doesn't feel like she fits into society. She feels that, you know, she can't fit in. And the only place she feels where she's authentic is inside the convenience store where she works. 
and that's mm. her dream her right. dream is to every day work in that convenience store and people don't get it they yeah. think she should get a different life they think this is a stop gap uh, yeah. they think something else is waiting around the corner for her and she does you know give in to some of those um, you know stories like you said somebody else's story for her yeah. but you know then what happens is it really her story or is the convenience store really her story it's yeah. again you know a very beautiful depiction of the fact that simplicity is something yeah. we often uh, forsake uh, and because we don't take, uh, and we don't yeah. like salute it you know yeah yeah correct exactly you know like for instance there's one lady like similarly who works at a at a clothing store i'm sure you'll remember uh, a person i'm not saying this lady but i'm sure you'll remember an experience where you didn't expect a person to go out of their way to correct. to give you a great experience at their shop it could have been a grocery store it could have been a stationery shop it could have been anything but correct. like that person you're like you probably think oh this person probably wants to join a call center or make 10 times more money but when you do meet that person who's so happy serving you your food at a restaurant takes pride in it you feel that you're better for it your life is richer for it because correct. and i think you know you don't see that too much of that but when you do like whether it's a drink someone that takes enthusiasm away you'd really like this drink i hope you're having a good time because i love this music they feel and you feel as a result you know it's so nice yeah correct no i actually faced this i remember this was actually a guide in kerala so we had gone mm -hmm. to kerala yeah. and there was this guide who was uh, you know wandering around with us and you know like many guides you know have a natural good storytelling style yeah. this person was you know enjoying himself so much and yeah. he was talking about spices and then when he into the, he went to the history of spices and he talked about he was so well read and you know yeah. i anyway love history so so much knowledge i got from the two hours you know i spent with him yeah. and he, that's you know he was enjoying himself you know that you probably job and that moment you know was yeah. a story and you probably don't even remember the specifics of the monuments or whatever you were looking at correct, but correct. kerala is a better place in your mind because of his story right because of him yeah because of him and i think uh, i think that's what each of us maybe sometimes miss out you know we are always in the rush for the next goal and for yeah. the next page in our story but what about today what about today's page yeah page i love that's all, why the know? culture of the, you know the english pubs because yeah. that's what it is and we had the see the problem is we demonize drinking of course you know there yeah, this is not yeah. even going down that path but some of the best conversations around the pub around the bar when you're sitting and talking and you meet everyone from across the board like an investment banker to a guy who's a plumber and i wish we had more of that culture you know where Correct. people would talk and i think that's what this one's book is right talking to strangers that's i think uh, yeah, yeah, malcolm yeah. gladwell's book Correct, correct. I mean, correct. and I think you know, just reaching out. People are scared. What will they think of me, man? This guy is—he's got a designation. I think everyone is dying to share their story. And correct. sadly, we have this filter that you know what—I'm a CEO. I can only be seen on a podcast with this many followers. It's yeah. bullshit. I reach out to anyone. I've—I've I've written. I've written to some comedians with like five million followers. I'm like, what's going? If they don't reply, you know, it, it's, yeah. it's going to be the big same. Deal. If they do, big deal. But if they may—if they do respond, I get a chance to share my story. They—they they get a chance to share their story. You correct. know, which. Correct. Correct. which leads me to um the pure storytelling part of your life which is yeah. uh you being an author but uh can you tell me about uh, and my listeners about the book that you've written you published and uh, of course i want to at the end i want you to share all the creds of where they can find your uh book where they can log in to find about more about your company about your organization which is chabi and the other one so that's later but if you could just tell us about your um what what uh, led you to write this book where the story was born and what the story is about Sure. So I have grown up reading a lot of crime fiction. My grandfather mm -hmm. was a criminal lawyer. Oh, so okay. I uh, and and history. Um, Are you I from Bangalore, Deblina? Sorry, this I'm is. I'm from Calcutta. I'm from Calcutta. Calcutta. Okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. but been living in Bangalore long enough now to call it my second home. 
Um, okay. Yeah. So this book actually came from two things, two points. One was, you know, I've been working in the startup world for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I saw, you know, both the sides, you know, the dreams and the craziness of the deep dream, as well as, you know, what happened when some of the dreams can go wrong, right? Yeah. Um, so that was one part. And the other part of it is the growing use of, I think you mentioned in the beginning, Sandeep, that with technology, sometimes our identities, um, so identity itself and identity theft is not new, right? It's been happening since ages. We have con yeah. men and a loss of identity is that much more, uh, you know, dangerous and yeah. uh, so that was where the idea came from. What happens, you know, when murder could be more than murder of a body? What if it's murder of an identity? What mm. if it's murder of an idea? Right. So in my oh, book, I explore right. all three. So it's a who done it and a why done it. So it's a murder so, of a, a physical being, the, the identity, and the idea. And, and the idea. So there are three different okay. kind of murders which I explore. Mm-hmm. Uh, through the book. So, so what do you mean by murder of idea? I'm, I'm a little confused on that one. Uh, the startup, right? I mean, your oh, idea. Oh, right. That idea. Startup. Oh, you mean the concept. Okay, okay. That idea. Right, concept. Right. right? So what like, if somebody kills like the idea? Right, right. Yeah, somebody killing the idea. So these are the three concepts which you've explored in the book, but in the guise of a whodunit. So it's a classic whodunit. So there mm-hmm. is, a, you know, obviously a, a antagonist who yeah. I've used the first person voice of the antagonist uh-huh. so that, you know, people uh, kind of get into the mind of the antagonist and mm-hmm. find out later that if the person is one of the characters we are introducing in the book. And uh, oh, it's set so in Bangalore. The, the, this, this person is already, he, he is the, or she is the, um, is the the person behind the crime. Yes. But you don't. You're 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 being you're, you're being told the story from them. So you don't. Uh, so you know who, that that they're the antagonists, but you don't know who they are in the story. Yeah. So the person yeah, comes every good. few chapters, and you know there's a third person voice which narrates and takes the story forward. But you don't so know. Based, yeah, of course you don't. You know don't who know who the yeah. antagonist is. So it's based in Bangalore. <laughs> right. Uh, it's based in Bangalore because I've you know kind of been very lucky to have come to Bangalore and got a lot of my uh, learnings from Bangalore. So right. it's got a lot of characters which we see in Bangalore. It's got a very ambitious cook. It's got a startup founder. It's got a nice. retired couple who are trying to find meaning in their lives. It's got an investigative yeah. journalist. It's got an archaeologist, right? So these are the characters yeah. you see in the book, uh, which is a you know slice of life of Bangalore. But it's also a crime which happens. And then you know, these it's amazing for that because when I met, spoke to you last, you had mentioned Anita Nair, right? And Correct. I Correct. haven't had access to too many Indian authors because of the uh, audio version not being available. Uh, of course, like the bigger names like Salman Rushdie's book is available. Um, or maybe I think I, then after I spoke to you, I, I, I checked out Anita Nair and found her book Cut Like Wound, um, which is set in Bangalore. And there's some joy when you hear of this certain thing, which you might have walked past. Like I'll give you an example when I when I read... Um, like say Walter Scott, I'm not yeah, trying to sound pretentious, yeah. but when I do read Walter Scott or I read, say, even like a David Hewson, or I read someone who writes a lot about a certain city, when you go to these cities, for me, the guide is that author, you know, yes, whether it's, yes. um, you know, whoever the author may be. Um, yeah. But when I read um, Anita Nair, it was so nice, right? That, that constable, that Inspector area. Inspector Gauda. Yeah, Inspector Gauda. And so uh, is your uh, so is your book available um, on, on yes, uh, in it's Audible? it's there on Amazon. It's okay. No, not on Audible. It's there on Amazon right now. Okay. And um, yeah, Amazon and Flipkart right now. I I think I'm I will try to see whether I can make a audio version of it. But the OTT yeah. version of it, I think hopefully will come soon as well. But yeah, yeah. I think the uh, idea. What do you? So what's the book they, called? I think people are. I think. Yeah, we, it's what? called A Marketplace for Murder. Hey, how cool! <laughs> and that's interesting. It's on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, it's on Amazon, and uh, it's also a dig on some of the things which go wrong in the very um, capitalism-driven world. Uh, yeah, there is a lot to write about over there. I'm so glad you said it in Bangalore because I think Bangalore gets a little 
um, boxed in as the tech city alone. But okay. I think there are so many nuances to Bangalore that truly can't be replicated. Of course, um, it does have the uh, the you know it, the, the bane of living in big cities, which is traffic Correct. and pollution Correct. and noise. But there are quaint uh, Bangaloreisms which I think Correct. not many people know about. Uh, the afternoon I've, rain. So I've, afternoon I mean, rain. You know, I've spoken about the afternoon rain. I've spoken yeah. about the food, right? And the you know the Durga Puja, which some of us yeah. you know experience in Bangalore. So there's so many beautiful things which the city yeah. gives you. And, and even the uh, you know the culture of. Uh, we, I think, we, at least the Bangalore I grew up in, was not limited to a certain demographic in the sense yes, we yes. did all live in our respective areas. But there was no thing that, you know, um, he being from a Brahmin Maleshwaram will not go yes. to a certain Shivaji Nagar, which is pr predominantly Muslim. Like I would, right. uh, you know, being in a certain part of Bangalore, I would go here for ice cream. I would go there. We didn't have the concept of coffee shops back then, but I would go eat a, a right. roll over here. And I think we were less... Um, you know, less inhibited to meet Isolated. new people. Huh. Yeah, and inhibited to meet new people. We would talk to strangers, if that's the word, and we would Correct. be happy to, you know, and I think that that is still there in thing where, you know, I'm not Kannadiga, I'm not a Kannada speaker, I'm not in, I'm, I'm not a North Indian, I'm a Bangalorean. You know, that Correct. was one thing which sort of brought us together, which I feel Correct. now there's a, oh, how can you say Bangalore, it's Bengaluru. I'm like, dude, just fuck off. You know, it's like, it's so petty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but I think, yeah, I think the city as a character is something I feel a lot of authors bring in, you know, like you mentioned, Anita Nair had done it in her book. And I think yeah. partly I've tried that because the city has given me a lot. And yeah. you know, the two cities I've lived in, Bangalore and Calcutta, both I love. I really yeah. love both. Very um, different in their in their energy, but very, their, very their, rich yeah. in their energy as well. I think, you know, right. I've been to Calcutta twice. And yeah. I went for the first time to Park Street last uh, 2019, December. And I was yeah, like, yeah. how can so many human beings fit in one uh -huh. damn place, man? I was, <laughs> and what's that really famous restaurant in the corner? Um, or Fleury's. Sorry? Flurries? No, uh, it's. I'll tell you what this place was. It was so cool. Uh, it had a more Western-sounding name, anyhow. Okay. Um, so this place was dinner with drinks, of course. And then once it closed for dinner, there were a bunch of people just sitting on the stairs outside because this place turns into a drinking, uh, like yeah. a watering hole till four in the morning. Correct. I forget the name of the place. Um, it was really cool. Uh, but we were there only for a day or two. And of course, the Calcutta, you know, my dad talks about because he used to visit uh, uh, for work when he was working for uh, with ITC. They had a big presence Correct. in Calcutta. Correct. So he Correct. was showing us places like, but man, this, this is not crap. I can't recognize because we stayed by the airport. He's like, I didn't even know this part of Calcutta existed. And this is massive welcome ITC hotel, which is uh, now yes. in Calcutta. Yes. I'm sure you've seen it. We're yes. like, whoa, it's like a mountain, you know. Yeah, correct, correct, correct. But you so know, that's, that's the thing. That's, that's the thing with Calcutta. Like like Bangalore, I feel there are people who love stories. I mean, this is, of course, yes. from my very limited knowledge. I've uh, been to a couple of places, like, where, and mainly the nightlife. It, it's more, it's it's not as manic as a Delhi or a Bombay. Yeah, it's slower. I think yeah. it's also because a lot of us deserted the city, right? A lot of us in our generation, <laughs> yeah. we left the city, right? So yeah. we go back. We could make our living there. Uh, you know, yeah. we came up. You should talk to Anubhav Pal. He'll have, I'm sure you heard or know of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So he's got a similar take on Calcutta and, and Saurav Ghosh has a lovely bit um, yes. on uh, on Calcutta, growing up as a Bengali in Calcutta. Correct. And he has Correct. his lovely bit. He goes, uh, we Bengalis leave Calcutta and we come back to die. It's like a migration or something like <laughs> that. A, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I think the city, I mean, I don't know. I think both the cities influence me a lot. So in my writing, mm -hmm. I'm sure... And I write a lot now on historical. So next few books I'm writing are more historical, historical oh, crimes. 
Thank oh, you. I'm so glad you're doing this because I I feel, you know, when you read about Indian history, there's so much, but it's always told yeah, yeah. either it's not in English or it's told through the eyes of a foreign uh, Correct. visitor. You know, Correct. whether what's that Correct. person's name? The guy. Uh, Philip Darampil. Yeah, that's the guy, right? That's the guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or or like even for instance, there's a really good series by Bernard Cornwall called the Sharp series, yes. where yes. Richard yes. Sharp is one of these infantrymen in the British Raj, uh, and Correct. he's a red coat and going through all these Sri Lankapatnam and then the Maratha war. I'm like, Correct. I'd love to hear it historical fiction, historical crime, whether it's yes. set like it through the court of the Mysore Maharaja, through exactly. an Indian's point of view, I'd love to hear it. So I'm so glad that you're doing this. Yeah, so that's the next few books I'm writing are all historical crime and historical fiction. And it's Lovely. either going to be, you know, in Karnataka because I'm living here and I, I, I want to explore more. And there's so uh -huh. much history. Or it's going yeah. to be Bengal because, you know, again, there's so much untold there's history. There's so much there. Yeah, the Bengal, uh, the Bengal, um, like who's the person who, uh, the last book, uh, was it um, uh, Amitav Ghosh? Amitabh Ghosh, yeah. The, the book was set in Calcutta, right? The Sea of Poppies. There's one part yeah, in yeah, Calcutta. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I would love more of that, you know, like because there's so much, if you go back uh, even before that, like the, the whole uh, the presidency of Calcutta was so rich Correct. in, uh, and there's so many, of course, subtle uh, things. I've heard some podcasts about, you know, I think there's that lady, uh, uh, Dame uh, uh, Judy Dench. I think she, I think, grew up in India during the British Raj, and she was talking about her perspective. So, like that, there's so many, so many small things which are beautiful. And, uh, you know, I'd love to introduce you to a couple of people who would be great audiobook narrators. That'd I'd love to do great. it. Unfortunately, I can't. But um, I can do it, but I'll just read a different story. <laughs> just someone else's. But no, Jagdish Raja would do justice to your story. He's an amazing... Yeah, uh, Jagdish Raja. Uh, I think you had told me about him. Yeah, correct. Yeah, he runs Jagrati, him, his wife and him. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think Vivek Madan's another good guy. to. I'll put you in touch with them. I think they're great, great people great. to read out your book. But uh, cool. So I'm so excited that you're doing this. And... Uh, I think we should wrap it up because I think, um, yes. you know, you've got a busy day and you're a very busy person and I don't want you to waste uh, more time than needed. No, thank but, you. I mean, uh, this was really good. It's like a Saturday evening, uh, Saturday <laughs> afternoon uh, chai and uh, discussion, right? So thank you yeah. for no, bringing I, that live online. I'm glad you, uh, I, I'm glad you felt nice being here because um, this is something I want to bring out an entire sort of person and not just one part of their story. So if people want to find your book, of course, it's called... Um, um, murder, sorry, marketplace, marketplace murder. For murder. It's marketplace there on murder. Amazon. Yeah, it's there Flipkart on Amazon. Amazon. Yes. And if they want to check out you, uh, your work, uh, that is Chabi and the other one, where can you give them the website links? I can put it down in the yes. description, of course. Yeah. So kahania.org, that's my uh, website. That's my storytelling work, Kahania. That's for corporates uh, and that's other for organizations. Corporates yeah. and yeah, corporates and organizations. And the, um, the learning work, which I do, education, is uh, Chabi. C H A A B E E dot in Chabi. Yeah. Fantastic. And my writing, I write a lot. So um, I think, uh, yeah. Do you have so a I website where people can find your work, your blog? Unfortunately, your... I think I have to do that. Okay. I tried putting up a Substack uh, in a newsletter, which uh -huh. is devina.substack.in, but I've, I've not it, yes. got time to be very regular, honestly. So, so I are you on social media where they can find you? Or yes, is there I'm any... very active on LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh, LinkedIn, you know, I'm uh, there by my name, Devina Majumdar. Uh -huh. And Twitter is Devina R. I'm Lovely. very active on these two. I think I'm not so active on Instagram and Facebook. Ah, it's okay. Uh, it's overrated anyway. Yeah. But they can, you can, Deblina R, that's on Twitter. And of course, and I put all the Majumdar on LinkedIn. I'm active Excellent. on these two. And yeah, I keep uh, writing. Deblina, thank you so much for uh, agreeing to do this episode. And uh, thanks for sharing your story. And thanks for all the great work you're doing. Appreciate it. No, thank you so much, Sandeep. Uh, really enjoyed it. And all the very best for... Uh, for your podcast and look forward to being in touch and thank you to everyone who will listen to this thank you thank you 
Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you like what you heard, please do check out the other episodes on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And I would much appreciate it if you could like the video, share it with people who you think might enjoy it. And of course, do subscribe to the channel because it will help me and the podcast grow and reach more people just like you. So thanks again. Appreciate it.